Nine Inch Nails releases the downward spiral. NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement, goes into effect. Lisa Marie Presley marries Michael Jackson. The Channel Tunnel, or Chunnel, which took seven years to create and connects England and France, officially opens. Tanya Harding wins the National Figure Skating Championship, but is stripped of her medal after her involvement in the attack of her rival Nancy Kerrigan is brought to light. A pioneer in the Seattle grunge scene, Kurt Cobain, finally succeeds in killing himself. A movie ticket costs an average of $4.08. Nelson Mandela is inaugurated as South Africa's first black president. O.J. Simpson is arrested for the murders of his ex-wife Nicole and her friend Ronald Goldman after leaving the police on a well-televised slow-speed highway chase. A gallon of gas was going for about $1.09, or about 29 cents a liter. On TV, we are introduced to friends Ross, Rachel, Phoebe, Joey, Monica, and Chandler, and say goodbye to Captain Picard, Data, Commander Riker, and the rest of the crew of the Enterprise. Two incarcerated serial killers meet their end. John Wayne Gacy, convicted of killing 33 young men and boys, is gently put to sleep via lethal injection. While Jeffrey Dahmer, convicted of killing 17 young men and boys, is clubbed to death by a fellow inmate. The very first version of Netscape Navigator is released. Comet Shoemaker-Levy 9 is pulled apart by tidal forces when it comes a bit too close to Jupiter and fragments collide with the gas giant's southern hemisphere. The entertainment community and the world at large mourn the loss of Jessica Tandy, John Candy, Burt Lancaster, Jack Kirby, Dinah Shore, and Raul Julia. Several political figures also passed on, including Tip O'Neill, Richard Nixon, and America's First Lady Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis. Home Improvement, 60 Minutes, Seinfeld, Roseanne, and These Friends of Mine, which later becomes Ellen, holds the top five spots in the Nielsen ratings. Fraser wins for Best Comedy, and Picket Fences wins for Best Drama at the Primetime Emmy Awards. The top single, according to Billboard, was Ace of Bass with Sign. Other singles in the top five were All for One with I Swear, Boys to Men with I'll Make Love to You, Celine Dion with The Power of Love, and Mariah Carey with Hero. The top album of the year was also held by Ace of Bass for The Sign. The Grammy Awards followed a different path. Song of the Year went to Bruce Springsteen for Streets of Philadelphia, while Album of the Year was MTV Unplugged with Tony Bennett. It's 1994, and, and this, this is Hermophobia. Welcome to Hermophobia. I'm Alan. And I'm Mark. And it's 1994. We're here to talk about the films of 1994. Woo! Um, before we get started, um, big shout out to Martini, who uh, left us some comments about the uh, 1979 and 1988 shows. Yeah, even though he didn't agree with some of the stuff that I said. Well, we definitely appreciate the comments. Yes. There was something that he had mentioned that you had overlooked from, the, from one of the shows. Quite possibly. I know for myself, when I was going back and looking at some other stuff, I completely forgot about uh, Peter Greenaway's uh, Drowning by Numbers, which also came out in 1988, which is an amazing film. I'm a big fan of Peter Greenaway, so I just wanted to throw that in before. Plus, didn't didn't you also mention that uh, there was, oh, I don't know, in your top five, you completely forgot the John Carpenter film that year? No, we talked about They Live. Yeah, well, no, it wasn't John Carpenter. Who was it? Oh, David Cronenberg's Dead Ringers in my top five. I know, dude, like, okay, you know what? Doing some of these top fives, it's like fucking Sophie's Choice. Like, I am having a really hard time picking just five. And Yeah, right now I've got uh, my my top five list is eight long. Yeah, so I got to talk about David Cronenberg fairly in depth. So, I, you know, respects have been paid. So I'm, I'm feeling good about it. I'm feeling good about it. All righty. We'll, we'll see how I feel two weeks from now about this list so. 
So let's get started on things here. We will uh, start uh, by looking at the top 20 films of 1994. What do you want? HDS, sir. And how are you this afternoon? All righty then. I have a package for you. Sounds broken. Most likely, sir. I'll bet it was something nice, though. Now, this is an insurance form. If you'll just sign here, here, and here, initial here, and print your name here, we'll get the rest of the forms out to you as soon as we can. That's a lovely dog you have there, sir. Do you mind if I pet him? I don't give a rat's ass. Oh. Oh, you boo. Oh, you boo-boo doo-doo. So let's start the top 20 at uh, number 20, which would be The Specialist with Sharon Stone and uh, Sylvester Stallone, James mm-hmm. Woods, and, Eric Roberts. And my favorite, Rod Steiger. <laughs> well, I think it was the Rod Steiger performance that uh, really kind of put you off the movie, yes. Yeah, it, it totally did. Yeah. I I just did not like his Puerto Rican accent at all yeah. in it. I didn't think it was bad. Well, I, I didn't think it was a great movie, but I didn't think it was an awful movie. It, I mean, the centerpiece of the film is the shower scene with Sylvester Stallone and Sharon Stone. I, I, they sold that, and that was, I think, what got asses into theaters more than anything else. Um, uh, yeah, I remember I went to go see this in a cheap theater, and I felt ripped off yeah. after going to it. I mean, the the top 20 is really rather interesting to look at. I mean, you look at the take for The Specialist, which was $57 million. Not a, not a, not a big booty for a, for a top 20 film. Not at all, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, not not a lot to say about it. Um, you know, not not a shining spot in either of their careers, but not quite as abysmal as I thought, as I think you thought it was. Yeah. I, I, have, I own it on DVD, but. <laughs> I have to say it's that, you know, frame by frame shower scene that, you know, really kinda does it for me. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to rewatch it just and I'll try to overlook Steiger's over the top performance there. See, I don't even remember him in the film that much to tell you the truth. See, and that that's all I can remember of the film. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Uh number nineteen was uh Wolf with uh Jack Nicholson and yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer. It was I'm sorry the- about last week, Michelle. <laughs> It's uh, directed by Mike Nichols, which is a rather interesting choice for him. He hasn't, uh, the the horror genre isn't one that he's actually gone into quite a bit. At number 18 is Legends of the Fall, uh, an Edward, Edward Zwick movie. Wow, that name was a little bit harder to pronounce than I thought it was going to be. Uh, yeah, it stars Brad Pitt, Anthony Hopkins, Aidan Quinn, Julia Armand, Henry Thomas. Uh, it's more like a family yeah, it's set back in the 1900s. You know, it's... Their trials and tribulations, and all three brothers who are in love with the same woman. That's going to end well. <laughs> uh, I understand you didn't really care for it that much. I fucking hated it. Uh, see, I, I rather enjoyed it. No. See, it, another one of those movies that we're going to have to agree to disagree on. You know, um, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, no. <laughs> I'm going to bring you over. This movie, it was so, it was drivel. I mean, it was, it, Honestly, sitting there watching this movie half the time, I was expecting the words hunting metaphor to start flashing in the fucking corner of the screen. Like it was, um, it was trying to be so highbrow, but it was 
trying to pander to a to to a popcorn audience and it didn't know where to stop serving the audience and start serving the story you know what i mean like it it was done so heavy-handed um edswick he's one of those guys like you know i can think of one edswick film that i really really liked and that would be leaving normal other than that i really find his films to be um half-assed at best you know i know that he did glory and when we get to that year i'll i'll take another look at it but it was one that i really couldn't get into he's done last samurai and a lot of films that are just well see i rather enjoyed last samurai yeah see i had no interest in seeing it whatsoever and i still don't and maybe when we get to that year i'll i'll watch it but um hmm. well he, he he was a producer on blood diamond so. he was a producer on fucking um Oh, actually, I think he did actually direct Blood Diamond as well, too, which is a, which is a good one. I'll give I'll yes, give you that. He did direct Blood Diamond, but he started out on fucking thirty something or something like that. Like that's where his uh, uh, family started off uh, directing. Family. Well, no, but I think that his big career break was doing thirty something. Uh, well, three episodes of it. Yeah. Well, he was one of the creators or main writers or something as well, too. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, that aside, whatever. I just I think that he's kind of a bullshit director and. Legends of the Fall was a big bullshit movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us what you really feel. Yeah. At number 17 was Stargate with Kurt Russell and uh, James Spader. James Spader, that's and right. Jay Davidson. Um, and it was directed by Roland Emmerich. Yes, it was. Boy, you know this movie pretty well. You I, know, I, know Ro- I know, Ro- I know, actually, I love Stargate. Stargate's a great movie. It, yeah. um, of the Roland Emmerich films, and it, it is spawned one of the best. an awesome series on TV. Yeah, let's not uh, let's not go too far with that now, shall we? <laughs> Why don't you give us a little bit of a synopsis of uh, Stargate? Um, okay, uh, James Spader is an Egyptian or an Egyptologist uh, who helps the U.S. government uh, decipher some uh, hieroglyphics that they find on this big ring. Turns out that this ring is. Uh, Cock ring? Yes, it's a giant cock ring. Wow. For the god. That'd be one big penis. Yes. Um, anywho, uh, yeah, it, it leads them to a different planet and all kinds of hijinks ensue. Yes. Um, no, it, it is a very cool movie. Uh, visually, very striking. It's got some really great special effects. It was interesting use of Jay Davidson, who had uh, previously done The Crying Game, and, mm-hmm. you know, don't let the secret out, but, you know, he was one of those guys that was like, you know, okay, now that he's done The Crying Game, that was sort of a film made for him, what do you do with him next? And I think they actually did, you know, they they, they did find a place for him in, in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Kurt Russell's basically playing, you know, the tough guy, military dude, and James Spader's playing the big old geek, and he's actually quite likable in this mm-hmm. film, which he's generally not always. Yeah, checking out the uh, the IMDb uh, cast listing here, uh, French Stewart from Third Rock yeah. is in there as well, yeah. as well as uh, well one of my favorite uh, actors, Jimon Hunchu. Oh, pretty, pretty, pretty man. I I have to admit, I do have a little bit of a man crush on yeah. him. But yeah, no, Stargate's cool. Stargate mm-hmm. is a cool movie, not so great a TV series, but a Shut good your movie. Hole. Yeah. On to number sixteen, which is uh, Ace Ventura Pet Detective, starring of course Jim Carrey, Courtney Cox, and Udo Kier. Um it's it is the broadest and and, and silliest of comedies. 
about a pet detective who's been hired to figure out who kidnapped the dolphin for or what the, the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Miami Dolphins, yes. <laughs> um, this was this was Jim Carrey's kind of big break. This is um, really put him on the map. Uh, Courtney Cox is charming in this. It's it's funny. It's stupid. It um it's not going to change your life or make you think too hard. But it's got a lot of laughs. I don't think it's going to make make you think at all. No. But yes, I I did I did kind of enjoy it too. And uh, that's where I got ooza booby boo. Poor Resner hears that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, yeah, uh, the tone lokes in this too. As oh right, the cops yeah, and yeah. Uh, you just don't see much much of him anymore. We're watching. Uh, we've been watching news radio this week, and he plays yes. one of the security guards yeah. on that. It's hilarious. It's yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, you need to show me your ID. <laughs> At number fifteen is Star Trek Generations, and I'm not going to talk about it now, but we'll talk about it later. All right. Uh, number fourteen is Disclosure, a Michael Crichton film, uh, starring Michael Douglas, uh, Donald Sutherland, Demi Moore, Dennis Miller. Um, this was a rather interesting film for a Michael Crichton film. It, um, it has a technology base, which is usually what his films are about, but it, this is not... more about, uh, sexual harassment in, yeah. in the workplace. Michael Douglas plays a, uh, supervisor on a, uh, a tech project, um, who doesn't get the promotion that he was anticipating. Instead, it goes to a woman played by Demi Moore. And uh, the first day she's in position, she pretty much uh, tries to get him to rail her. And when he doesn't, she turns the tables and claims that he was the one that sexually assaulted her. Um, it kind of becomes um, a, a, a sexual politics kind of movie rather than, like I said, Crichton's stuff generally is very tech-based. Lost yeah. World, Looker. Westworld. I mean, all of this stuff is sort of about technology, but this was again, this was the the human condition instead. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the, and a scary tech, the technology thing, thing kind of surrounded it. Remember, there was the whole yeah. filing system, which was the virtual reality thing, and all that sort of stuff. But um, but yeah, the, the, it was it, it was it was interesting for a Crichton film. I liked it. I I really enjoyed the film. I like Demi Moore, and I I like her performance in this. Is just sort of the total man-eater, sexual predator type of... And it's, uh, it's, it's a really scary premise as well. Too. Oh. Like, well, just in the workplace, uh, just being the innocent person and, and having one of these suits thrown against you. Well, it's because of the whole sort of gender turn that they do on it. I mean, um, where his lawyer tells him at one point, you know, you're fucked if you do and you're fucked if you don't. If you, if you don't pursue this, they're going to push you around and push you right out of the office and if you do take this to court then you'll never work in this industry again so it and then the lawyer is actually played by roma mafia who's from profiler <laughs> plays grace in profiler she's my favorite uh number 13 is the client with us uh, susan sarandon tommy lee jones and the late brad renfrew um this is the story of a boy who witnesses a man uh kill himself but before he died, he tells the kid uh, some of the some of the inside secrets about the the mafia, and which has everybody coming after this kid from cops, lawyers, and the mob themselves, trying to prevent any information coming from the kid. Now, uh, Susan Strandon plays the lawyer that he hires for a dollar, and um, ends up protecting him. I love this movie. I do. It's a, it was it's good. A, it's a John Grisham film. Are based on a John Grisham novel. 
Um, I think it was actually, I can't remember who directed it now. I'm blanking. It's not Joel Schumacher, was it? I, again, no idea. Uh, anyhow, I, I do. I love Susan Sarandon's performance in this movie. She is fantastic. And the chemistry mm-hmm. between her and Tommy Lee Jones as they spar off is fantastic. It's it's clever. It's fast moving. It's engaging. It's just a really, really, really good movie. Yeah, and I, I really enjoyed it too. Like, Well, just like pretty much all of the John Grisham movies, like all the legal stuff, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. And at number, what number here now? Number 12 <laughs> is Maverick. Um, it's a Richard Donner movie. And uh, so it's Mel Gibson, Jodie Foster, and James Garner. And how could you not like a movie about poker? Um, if you put um, Mel Gibson in it and made it a Western. Well, it's based on the old Maverick TV series, you know. I I, I liked it. It was it was good. It was good fun. I good, to be honest, I haven't seen it. I, it's a movie like westerns. I just I just don't have any interest in them, so I never did ever get around to watching it. Well, the, the only thing western about it is that it's set back. Like, think of it as a period piece. <laughs> yeah. Like like okay, just just imagine that. I mean, like uh, like like. The 1600s instead, like in the Victorian dress, and hither too, young sir. <laughs> yeah, no, it, crazy. Pass me the cards. It just it never appealed to me, and I mean, like, I I like James Garner. I think he's a great actor. I love Jodie Foster, Richard Donner, who has such an um an eclectic career. You know, I mean, this is the guy who's done everything from Superman to Lethal Weapon, uh, to Radio Flyer to you name it. I mean, the guy, the guy's has dipped. He did the Omen, so I mean, he's done everything he from Goonies. horror films to yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> he's done kids movies, he's done action films, he's done horror movies, um, super comedies like The Toy. Yeah, he's done the superhero yeah. movies and stuff like that. So, I mean, the guy, the guy has 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 ran the gamut in terms of films that I have nothing but tons of admiration for him. But Maverick is just a project that I wasn't interested in, and I just still. Well, one of these days you got to give it a shot. Yeah, as we've been as we've been compiling lists for these shows and stuff like that, it's going to be a long time before I get around to it. Well, yeah, I I would have to agree with yeah with you on that because there was a lot of movies in '94, and we're just barely scratching the surface here. This is by no means definitive. It's it's again much like the '88 show. It's going to be. But we've got time to talk about, and we're wasting time talking about talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Number 11 is Interview with the Vampire. It is a Neil Jordan film starring uh, Tom Cruise, uh, Brad Pitt, and and others. We will talk about this movie a little bit later on in the show. All right. So we will leave it at that for now. Uh, Number 10 is Pulp Fiction. Yay. Uh, Quentin Tarantino movie with uh, John Travolta. Luma Thurman, oh. Bruce Willis, like, uh, Big Rames, like, who is Sam Jackson, uh, Rosanna Arquette, Christopher, oh, yeah. er, Christopher um, Eric Stoltz, uh, Amanda Plummer, Tim and, Roth, and again we will be talking Walken. more about this one later. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so quit okay. your blabbing, sir. <laughs> At number nine is the mask. Uh, Chuck Russell movie with Jim Carrey, and this is the very first, I think, the introduction of Cameron Diaz. Yes, it was her debut. Yes. yes. 
And so cute in this too. Yeah. Even though she had like the padded dress and everything to make her look like she had boobs. It was kind of funny. She did, you know what? She never looked the same after this movie either. Like she I don't know, she looked very different in the mask than she has in anything else since. <laughs> I think because her character was a little bit more serious than anything she's played subsequently. Yeah, and well, yeah, because you you see her in movies now, like um, uh, Charlie's Angels. Uh, what are some of the other ones that she's done recently? There. Um, oh, Inner uh, Shoes. Uh, something that, if it happens in Vegas. Oh yeah, and what's that one with uh, Christina Applegate? Um, oh, the sweetest thing. Sweetest thing. Yeah, like she always shows such abandon. Oh, and her and it's just big smiles yeah. and ha- like she looks like she's having a lot of fun. Oh yeah. yeah, and this one, yeah, she was much more uh, tied down. Yeah. and um, I actually I kind of wanted to watch this again before we got to do this, but I I never got the opportunity. Uh, but I just I didn't actually get to track it down before we we did this. It's been a while since I've seen it. I just remember it being very manic and and crazy and fun. Um, I. I don't I wasn't crazy about it, but I didn't hate it. Yeah, um, again, me too. Uh, I did kind of enjoy the the tie-in with the North Norse mythology, with uh, the mask of Loki. Yeah. That's what the mask is, but uh, it doesn't go too deep into that. It's just uh, like I like just sort of brushed aside. Um, the special effects were okay. Yeah. I, Mostly cartoon animation. I was, I was I was actually listening to another podcast about this movie um, a couple weeks ago, and did you know that this was actually developed as a horror movie? Get and, out of town! Yeah, it was. It was supposed to be a horror movie when you put on the mask and made you go all crazy and you killed people and shit like that. And yeah, it just it kind of evolved into this big broad comedy vehicle for Jim Carrey. Uh, was Jim Carrey originally cast yeah. for the part? Well, well, they hadn't done casting and stuff like that when it was in its horror phase. But... Okay. Wow, weird. And at number eight uh, is Speed. Yes, with uh, Keanu Reeves, uh, Dennis Hopper, and uh, Sandra Bullock, who yeah. really broke through on uh, on, uh, on yeah. Speed. She became a big star over this. Um. Like fairly unknown before this too, right? Well, she'd done a fair amount of stuff. She was in uh, Demolition Man. She was in The Vanishing, um, uh, film called Potion Number no. Nine. She had a she had a little little small parts and little things here and there, but um, she'd actually done some TV series as well, I believe. And uh, this was this was the big one that got her the notice. Um, great action flick. Everybody knows the deal. Um, die hard on a bus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, if, uh, once the bus reaches 55 uh, miles an hour, if it starts to slow down, it's going to go boom. Uh, this actually too really kind of, uh, established Keanu Reeves as a big action star and, um, and, and kind of blew his profile up pretty big too. Yeah. Cause without this movie, you wouldn't have had him as Neo. No, in the Matrix. absolutely not. No, no. Uh, number seven is Clear and Present Danger, the um, Tom Clancy uh, uh, adaptation. Yeah. yeah, it's a Tom Clancy, Jack Ryan movie. Yes, uh, with, starring Harrison Ford. Yeah, and Willem Dafoe and Ann Archer. Yeah, see, I've never seen it. That's got Henry Cherney in it, too, a great Canadian yeah, actor. Yeah, um, St. Vincent. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it was another really good movie. Um, it's about... Uh, 
CIA analyst Jack Ryan. He's uh, brought in or he's drawn into this uh, uh, illegal war fought between the U.S. government and the Colombian drug cartel. Uh, a great little action movie, yeah. but unfortunately, uh, um, it was a little bit too paint by numbers for me too. Yeah. Like I, I enjoyed it, but I knew what was going to happen to it. Yeah. Like it was, uh, oh look, like and they they use dramatic foreshadowing a little bit too much. Because <laughs> uh, like, oh, that's how the bad guy's going to. And there he is. He's dead now. Yes. Oh, what's that big point? Oh, and that's how he's going to die. Yeah. There he goes. Wasn't uh, didn't Thor Birch play the daughter in this as well? Oh, uh, this has been quite a bit before American Beauty. Yes, yeah. she did. Um, this is also the second Jack Ryan film. The first one was The Hunt for Red October, and you had uh, Alec Baldwin playing Jack Ryan in that one. And then the following one, which is um, uh, Ben Affleck playing Jack Ryan in the third film, anyhow. Well, no, I thought that. Uh... Oh, did he only do the one Jack Ryan movie, Harrison Ford? Yep. Huh. Yeah, no, just that all of his other movies around this time all kind of look the same, so you think it's the same character. No, no, he did Patriot Games, too. Was that a Jack Ryan? Yes, it oh, was. Okay, there you go. I lied. I was misinformed because I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Number six is Dumb and Dumber with, uh, once again, Jim Carrey and... Uh, um, Jeff Daniels. Yeah, wow, was Jim Carrey ever busy this year? It was, it was a huge year for him. Um, this was the first big uh, Fairly Brothers comedy as well. They went on to do uh, There's Something About Mary and Kingpin. Kingpin. Oh, uh, man, I laughed. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the, the story about uh, Harry and Lloyd, They, um, I believe it's Harry who meets a girl at, at uh, the airport and he has a big crush on her, so they decide to follow her to Colorado, and it's about their misadventures there. Getting there and once there, the the silliness that ensues. This is a movie I hated it the first time I saw it, and really? it grew on me subsequently. Like I'd catch it on TV and I'd catch bits and pieces here and there. And I yeah, I, I enjoyed it the first time I saw it, and each time I see it after that, they, yeah, there's just those little funny bits in it that, <laughs> <laughs> like when they're frozen together on the bus or on the on the uh, motorcycle, on the little bike, oh, and yeah, and the snot trails. <laughs> <coming> <laughs> Or and Jeff Daniels. I, mean, I gotta pee. The, just pee. Jeff just Daniels, pee. who's had a fairly dignified career, had to do that fucking bathroom scene. Oh yeah. Oh god, where he's shitting so hard he's almost raised off the fucking toilet. It's uh, it's some funny stuff. Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, number five is the Flintstones, a uh, uh, Spielberg-produced uh, adaptation of the Hanna Barbera TV series with. John Goodman, um, Elizabeth Perkins, uh, Rick Moranis, and Rosie O'Donnell, mm-hmm. and Elizabeth Taylor playing uh, Mrs. Slagrock or whatever the hell her name is. Uh, uh, Pearl Slaghoople. Yes, she's uh, Wilma's mother, Fred's mother-in-law. <laughs> um, it was okay. It was. I didn't think it was a really great adaptation, but uh, I remember going to see it in the cheap seats again. And I remember nothing about it, yeah. so it did not stick to me at all. I, I remember it. It was it wasn't bad. It's got it's got people in it that I like, but actually the sequel, Viva Rock Vegas, I kind of like better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's even got like uh, did you say Kyle MacLachlan? 
or no, comic oh, I Walkman. That he and Halle and, Berry. And, and, yeah, yes. Halle Berry was. Halle well. Berry plays Sharon Stone. <laughs> Stone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number four is the Santa Claus with uh, Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Um, I have never seen this. I have no desire to see this. I've got nothing. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a cute little movie where uh, Tim Allen finds out that he is the next Santa Claus, and no matter what he does, he can't get away from it. So, like when Christmas time starts coming around. Uh, he grows like the big white hair and white beard. Yeah, and... I saw the commercial. Yeah. <laughs> and I really didn't think there was anything more than what was in the commercial, yeah. so I pretty but, much didn't watch the movie. Well, his his family thinks he's nuts, but uh, in the end, yeah, it all comes together. And it's like, oh, my goodness, you are Santa Claus. <sighs> Sounds heartwarming. Yeah. Yeah, I could puke. It's awesome. Uh, number three is James Cameron's True Lies, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, oh, Jamie Lee Curtis, and what's her name? Um, oh, oh, uh, it wasn't a, a lot. No, it wasn't Eliza Dushku. Well, yeah, no, she's in it as well. But I was thinking more of uh the the Karina Carrera, Carrera, Tia Carrera, Tia Carrera, or Carrera. Yes, also uh, Bill Paxton is in this, and uh, Tom Arnold. And Charlton Tom, Heston. Tom Arnold, who <laughs> fucking blew me away in this movie. He he stole every scene he was in. He's fucking hilarious in this Like when he's standing show. behind that little tiny sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, very, uh, Schwarzenegger plays a very Bond-esque uh, type of character um, who leads a normal family life and has a, has a double life as a spy. Um, his wife kind of stumbles onto the, the whole spy aspect of things and the two of them end up having to work together. Um, but there's so much that happens in this movie. This is such a great movie. How did James Cameron go from this to Titanic to nothing? He's done nothing since Titanic. And I mean, I loved James Cameron prior to Titanic. Mm -hmm. True Lies, Terminator, T2, Abyss. He did one great film after another, and nothing. I mean, he did fucking Titanic. He's done a couple of Titanic um, documentaries since, and and I know that he's working on Avatar now, but he's been doing that for the last, what, fucking decade? Yeah. <sighs> well, he... Yeah, after Titanic, it was Earthship TV, Dark Angel, one episode. He directed yeah. one episode of Earth, Dark Angel. But, Expedition uh, Bismarck, another yeah. under the water thingy. But Ghost of the Abyss. Okay, anybody else can go <laughs> and they can read the IMDb mark. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I mean he hasn't he hasn't done a narrative film since uh, True Lies, and uh, it's I'd I'd love to see him come back and do something good and fun and and he he did this so well he needs to come back and do something of of note. Well, he did write. Uh, 20 episodes of Terminator the Sarah Connor Chronicles. He wrote? Yeah. I am having he's a hard listed, time believing he's that. He's listed as a writer. Mm, oh, creator, oh fuck characters for character. Created, yeah. yeah. Don't try and fucking bullshit me, man. I'm just reading. <laughs> okay, number two, The Lion King. This was a big, huge fucking Disney film. Like, this movie, it fucking, it blew up. I mean, 312 domestic in 94. That's huge bank. Yeah, and it it was it was uh, being marketed as the first original story by Disney, which it turned out it wasn't because it was actually a copy of uh, 
another movie or another uh, African children's story. Okay. But yeah, like every other Disney movie was copied off of a off of a famous story, but this one was ooh, this is all original. Well, I think but, even story wise and stuff like that, it's kind of Shakespearean. You got a little bit of Hamlet happening there and everything yeah. else. You know, like it, it it was but it was a very, very sweet movie and um yeah, it was a huge success. There's really not a lot to say about the Lion King. It had some great catchy songs in it. Yeah. Akuna Matata. I like that one. I hated that one. <laughs> I liked uh, I Just Can't Wait to Be King. That was, that was cute. And at number one is Forrest Gump. Uh, Tom Hanks. Um, Robin Wright. Yeah. Just, um, uh, Gary know. Sinise. Directed by Robert Zemeckis, who did uh, the Back to the Future films, yeah. uh, who framed Roger Rabbit, which we talked about last episode. Um, he was a bit of a Spielberg lackey who, uh, with Forrest Gump, he really kind of broke into his own. Yeah, um, I know that you did not really enjoy it that I much. I fucking hated Forrest Gump. See, and I, I thought it was a cute little movie. I fucking hated Forrest Gump. <laughs> uh, well, it... Yeah, it follows the life of Forrest Gump, who uh, is this uh, special little boy who, uh, yeah, who just happens to find himself at, uh, like, key moments in history. And, yeah, I thought it was cute. And then the use of uh, uh, CGI was amazing in this movie. Like, they did so many special effects that you didn't even realize were special effects. And I think that is the best part of an effect. Like, if you don't even realize it is. Um, like Gary Sinise's uh, legs uh, that, were, that were amputated after after the explosion. Um, just, just amazing stuff. And as you know, life is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> I, you know, I just, it eludes me. Like, I just, I don't understand what people really saw in that movie. It was... Um, stupid. The the whole character motivation for Gump for everything that he fucking did was the fucking Jenny character who was a fucking coke whore. Like, you know, I just, uh, I just, I hated it. I hated it. I continue to hate it. Um, it is the, probably one of the bigger reasons why I have so much disdain for uh, Tom Hanks. But but tell us how you really feel. Ah. Uh, I wouldn't piss this movie out if it were on fire. Like, I just fucking hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Um, it was also uh, a, a very, very... Well, it was actually uh, Haley Joel Osment's first movie. Uh, he had done uh, some TV before this, but uh, he played uh, For a Son by Jenny. Yeah, who just happened to be... Uh, not as stupid as Forrest. Yeah, I saw that movie. It was called I Am Sam. Yeah. <laughs> I I will give you that. I Am Sam is a much better movie. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it was. It made me cry. Okay. <laughs> no. Shut I, up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's it's movies like Forrest Gump. It's movies like Titanic that become these. Big, giant, huge fucking... Uh, uh, and I just sit there going, 
Why is the world so fucking stupid? It makes me want to take the whole fucking planet and shake it like a fucking snow globe and rearrange I thought you were going to shake it like a baby. Oh, that too. <laughs> shake it like Forrest Gump when he was a baby. <laughs> it just, I don't know. It just, it, it didn't connect to me. I just, I found the whole, it's one of those movies. It just, it's so manipulative by design. And everything, and you know what? Don't get me wrong, because there's movies that are very manipulative by design that I fall hook, line, and sinker for. But this mm-hmm. one, I don't know. It was just transparent in its fucking. And <laughs> like, whereas I I enjoyed the movie, I liked it. Uh, I wouldn't put it at number one in my top twenty. Well, this is just it. As we as we carry on and talk about other films that were released that year, there is stuff that is. So much better, like Leaps infinitely better. Like yes, like I mean, it, I mean, it, it, movies like Forrest Gump aren't even in in contention with these other films when it comes to how good they are. Um, and and to see like okay, this is another year where you know the number one movie of the year was the Academy Award winner of the year and everything else, and it's just you know it just it boggles my mind that that this many people sucked into it like you know it just <sighs> this is that whole me hating people and it comes into place relax. i know <laughs> and those are the top 20 films of 1994 <laughs> we'll be back excuse me did you sell videotapes yeah what are you looking for happy scrappy hero pop uh one second i'm on the phone with the distribution ass now let me make sure they got it okay. what's it called again happy scrappy hero pop happy scrappy she loves it obviously uh, yeah, hi, this is RST Video Calling, customer number 4352. I'd like to place an order. Okay, I need one each of the following tapes. Whispers in the Wind, To Each His Own, Put It Where It Doesn't Belong, My Pipes Need Cleaning, All Tit Fucking Volume 8, I Need Your Cock, Ass Worshipping Rim Jobbers, My Cut and Eight Shafts, Come Clean, Come Gargling Naked Sluts, Come Buns 3, Coming in Socks, Come On Eileen, Huge black cocks with pearly white cum. Girls who crave cock. Girls who crave cunt. Met alone too. The KY connection. Pink pussy lips. Oh yeah, and uh, all holes filled with hard cock. Yep. Oh wait a minute. Uh, what was that called again? Now we'll take a look at the comedy films of 1994. Uh, before we start getting into the movies that we're going to talk about a little bit more in depth, we'll uh make mention of the ones that were also released in 1994 which included uh, Baby's Day Out, Beverly Hills Cop 3, Blank Man, Cabin Boy, Car 54, Where Are You, The Chase, Chasers, City Slickers 2, The Legend of Curly's Gold, Clean Slate, Clifford, Cops and Robertsons, Karina Karina, D2, The Mighty Ducks, (laughs) Ernest Goes to School, The Favor, Fear of a Black Hat, Getting Even with Dad, A Good Man in Africa, Greedy, Holy Matrimony, The Hudsucker Proxy, I Love Trouble, IQ, In the Army Now, It Could Happen to You, It Runs in the Family, I'll Do Anything, Jimmy Hollywood, Junior, The Little Giants, Lucky Break, Milk Money, Major League Two, Mixed Nuts, my Father the Hero, My Girl 2, The Naked Gun, 33 and a Third, Only You, PCU, Ready to Wear or Pret-a-Port, 
Princess Caribou, Reality Bites, Richie Rich, The, the Road to Wellville, The Scout, S- The Swan Princess, Trapped in Paradise, and Wagons East and With Honors. Now, we would, there'll be other ones that we'll be mentioning throughout uh, the rest of the show as well. And, um, but the ones that we're going to focus on right off the bat here are ones that have kind of stuck with us or, uh, seem, seem, uh, that stand out from the other ones. Exactly. For some reason or another with us. Good words. Good words. That's it. (laughs) The first one we'll do is, uh, the adventures of Priscilla, queen of the desert. Um, this was sort of a bit of an indie hit. It, um, it didn't make a uh, huge money, but it uh, was quite popular um, in the in the art house circuit and eventually on video. It's about uh, two transgender, or I'm sorry, two drag queens and a transgender who travel across the Australian desert to uh, go play a cabaret. And as most road movies happen, you know, all sorts of hijinks ensue, especially when Priscilla, the the main character who is their bus, breaks down in the middle of the desert and. Um, it's just, it's fun. It's so much fun. Yes. I, I rather enjoyed it because I, I, I like Terrence Stamp and this, this is a good movie to see Hugo weaving in before, uh, <laughs> before, Matrix. Made it for Agent Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Guy Pierce is great in it too. He went on to do LA Confidential. Um, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a really, really fun movie. It has really, really touching moments and you will probably never look at a ping pong ball the same way again. <laughs> I know, like you, you have a little ding ling. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's about all I got for Priscilla. It's just it's yeah, it's, it's a, a lot of it's fun. It's a cute little movie. Yeah. Uh, next up is Clerks, Kevin Smith's breakout movie. Uh, just uh, it's a movie about a guy that works at a convenience store and his friend who works at the video store. It and. That's all it is. But a, day, it's, a day in the life of. It is an amazing movie. Uh, just the writing, the acting is just just like bam, 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 very yeah. spot on. I remember reading about it and just thinking, um, this sounds really, really good. And then I started seeing pictures from it and it was like black and white. And it looked like really low rent and everything. And I was like, yeah. Ooh, maybe I'm not going to like that, this. That, that put me off at, at yeah. first as well. It's like, wow, a black and white movie in yeah. these days. But, well, you know, you know, it wasn't the black and white that put me off. It was the kind of grainy, soft picture, and um, just it, it looked cheap. Well, he was running on a very low budget. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But, I mean, Sorry, there's a, a lot no of low-budget films that don't look quite as cheap. But the thing is, what, what trumps it all is the dialogue. This is an exceptionally well-written film. It's very clever, very funny. Um it came out at a time too where, um, it well for me anyhow personally, I related to those characters. Like, mm-hmm. I saw myself on that screen. I heard myself on the, on the screen. I was Randall. <laughs> you know, there it. Yeah, like, and I, I, I myself, I worked in a convenience store for two and a half years, and I loved movies. So this was all. Yeah. This seemed, seemed to be a perfect mashup for me and and a lot of my friends yeah. at the time too. No, it was it was just a really 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 funny movie and exceptionally well written and and it, it it put Kevin Smith on the map. 
Mm-hmm. Next uh, was Four Weddings and a Funeral. Another, it was sort of a big sleeper hit in the theaters that uh, picked up a lot more traction when it hit home video. Mm-hmm. Great fun film. It, it basically follows the flirtation and romance between Annie McDowell and uh, Hugh Grant over the course of Four Weddings and a Funeral. <laughs> It um, there's really not a lot more to say about it. It's, it's about the two of them and and their rather eccentric friends. Uh, it's it's a British comedy. It is fantastic. If you have not seen Four Weddings and a Funeral, treat yourself. It's worth just the sort of smiles and and little warm feelings inside that you'll get watching it. And this is one that I just I just missed in the theater, and subsequently on video since, uh, mainly because I work too much. And I was working a lot at the time, too. I know, I know, that's a poor excuse for not watching a movie that is eight or 14 years old. Especially when you consider some of the other movies you've watched instead. Uh, <laughs> hush now. Don't make me come over there. Uh, next up is Ed Wood. Uh, Tim Burton's homage to the director, Ed Wood. And stars uh, Johnny Depp, Martin Landau, Sarah Jessica Parker, Patricia Arquette. Jeffrey Jones, and just, it goes on and on. Uh, beautiful movie, just funny, uh, well-acted. Like Martin Landau as uh, Bella Lugosi in this was brilliant. It was just beautiful casting and just a great job. And this really brought him out of like of, of, of obscurity again. Yeah. Because he, he hadn't done anything of note for a long time, and then... Like this came out of the line, like bam. I think I think he was nominated for Hannah and Her Sisters as well mm-hmm. in the in the eighties, but um, yeah, he was yeah he's one of those guys that really kind of faded into obscurity. And I mean, like doing direct to video stuff and TV stuff and and things like that. And this sort of you know gave him gave him a, a measure of respectability again in the nineties. Uh, Bill Murray's hysterical in it as, as the, Bunny Breckenridge. Oh, <laughs> Everybody's great. Sarah Jessica Parker, Patricia Arquette. Um, it's it's just crazy and fun and and um, it, it's interesting. I mean, Tim Burton obviously chose to kind of do the film in the style of an Ed Wood film, which makes it kind of all the more interesting and surreal. It just yeah, it was. I I really liked it. I walked out of the theater and I had a big grin on my face because it yeah. was so good. Yeah, I yeah. I liked it a lot. Uh, next is uh, Sirens, a John uh, Dugan film. This is the guy who had done, prior to this, uh, The Year My Voice Broke, Flirting. Um, he went on to do Lawn Dogs and Molly, which was kind of a strange film. But um, He's an Australian director. Uh, this stars Hugh Grant again, uh, Tara Fitzgerald, Sam Neill, and El McPherson in the uh, first uh, big role for her uh well because mainly a model yeah before that yeah uh you can't you can't fail to mention portia portia de rossi i could fail to mention it and uh, i believe i just did well it's it's ellen's wife (laughs) yes yes she was also you know in ellie mcbeal and uh oh yeah arrested development she did have a career before you know she started (laughs) looking ellen's clam she became Mrs. Ger- Mrs. Degeneres. <laughs> but this is a, this is a, it takes place in the 30s. You've got this uh, button-down British couple who uh, end up uh, spending. Well, he's a minister. Yeah, who yeah. end up spending time with this uh, 
rather bohemian uh, Australian couple and the the the, the group of uh, eccentrics that they have around them. Um, it sort of opens both of them up to uh, more sensual experiences and and stuff like that. It's it's a very very sweet movie. It's beautiful to look at, mm-hmm. and it's just I'll say it's just a great great movie. Yeah, it was very well well shot. I I rather yeah, and yeah, and the Australian scenery, top notch. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Airheads. Um, a, really a throwaway kind of movie, but I kind of liked it. Uh, Brendan Fraser, Steve Buscemi, Adam Sandler, uh, Chris Farley, Mike McKean, Judd Nelson's like a lot of people in this. Um, Ernie Hudson. Um, it's these uh, these three band members who take a radio station hostage uh, in order to get them to play their demo tape and uh, winds up with like this huge crowd forming around the, uh, around the station and uh, some incompetence in this in with everybody. They have, they, they, they hold up the station with water guns filled with hot sauce and it's just, there's some funny stuff in it. I've never seen it. It just it was one of those movies that really didn't appeal to me, and I just never, never sat it's down to watch it. It's low common denominator humor, but it's one of those movies that you can just turn off your brain and go in and enjoy. Yeah. And I did. And I enjoyed it. Well, speaking of low common denominator films, um, <laughs> the next one is uh, Serial Mum, with, uh, starring Kathleen Turner, uh, Sam Watterson, Ricky Lake, Matthew Lillard, as well as other... John Waters staples such as Mick, Mick Stoll, um, Tracy Lords, and uh, of course, at this point, he had adopted uh, Patty Hearst into his uh, his Stable. his yes into yeah, and of course, it was a John Waters film. Um, we spoke of Hairspray last time. This is another um, sort of foray into the mainstream as only John Waters can do. It it, it wasn't a huge hit by any means. Uh, Kathleen Turner plays a suburban mom who kind of takes, you know, her family quite seriously and, you know, her household duties and all that sort of stuff. And should any of them become defamed or threatened, she uh, defends them fatally. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To a point. Yes. (laughs) Like one of my favorite parts is when she decides to kill a woman for wearing white after Labor Day. It it just sort of offends her sensibilities. So. And and Kathleen Turner doing these obscene phone calls to Mink Stoll are fucking hilarious. Uh, it's a good movie. It's typical John Waters in bad taste, but um, I love it. Yeah. Next up, we have The Cowboy Way with Woody Harrelson and Kiefer Sutherland. Um, this is Woody's second movie of the year. Another one we will be talking about later. Uh, but yeah, it's just another one. It's like. Uh, modern day cowboy story like these two brothers uh or sorry not brothers but like best friends uh who are on the rodeo circuit uh one of their friends daughter gets kidnapped and they have to head to the big city of new york to go and rescue her and it's a it's a fun little little movie i rather enjoyed it i know it only gets like uh like a five out of ten rating on the IMDb after like a many many votes, but it's still it, it's an enjoyable movie. I was like, yeah, 
Yeah, I found it. Well, like I know I've seen it, but I honestly, I, I, I think that there was a, um, I don't even remember the band anymore. Uh, song by one of those girl groups in Vogue, and I believe it had there was one of them on a billboard or something like that. Yes, in his underwear. Yeah, that would have been Woody Harrelson. And like that's it. That's as much as I remember the movie. So it 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 didn't stick with me. All right. Well. Um. And lastly, in the comedies that we're going to speak about right now is uh, Muriel's Wedding. This was a PJ Hogan film who uh, followed this up with My Best Friend's Wedding, which was a which was an even bigger hit than this. But Muriel's Wedding was a was a big art house hit. Um, it's about the social socially inept young woman who uh, is from a rather large family of um, in in Australia. Her they're all disappointments to her father. <laughs> uh, she is obsessed with weddings and marriage. And Abba. <laughs> yeah, the I I missed this, this movie as well. But you ever seen it? I never have. Oh my god! I know. Uh, but I do remember uh, there being a big deal about this because Abba actually said, "Okay, you can use our music in yeah. this movie," because uh, up until then uh, they hadn't licensed any of their music oh, for anything. Abba was also in uh, uh, Priscilla Queen of the Desert. Really? Oh yeah, the big Mamma Mia finish on the bus. Uh, I do know. Well, again, it's another Australian movie, right? Yeah. So look at those Australians with their ABBA. Yeah, that's like three Australian films that we've got here. Huh. Hmm. That's Interesting very Sirens. Sirens, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess the big the big comedies of note were coming out of Australia. That yeah, year. they they were tickling our funny bone in 1994. Huh. And uh, so that's it for comedies right now. Uh, we shall carry on. What's your name? Matilda. <laughs> Sorry about your father. If somebody didn't do it one day or another, I would have probably done it myself. Your mother, she... She's not my mother. My sister, she wanted to lose some weight anyway. Bet she never looked better. Not even my real sister. Just a half-sister, not a good half at that. If you couldn't stand them, why are you crying? Because they killed my brother. What the hell did he do? He's four years old. He never used to cry. Just used to sit next to me and cuddle. I was more of a mother to him than that goddamn pig ever was. Hey, don't talk like that about pigs. They're usually much nicer than people. Okay, we're going to talk about some science fiction films of 1994. This was a abysmal year for science fiction. Very dry and desert-like. Yes, um, as well as the ones that we're going to mention. Um, Abel Ferrer's Body Snatchers was released, which was actually pretty good, but we're just not going to spend too much time talking about it. Um, as well was The Giver 2, Dark Hero, The Hidden 2, Highlander 3, The Sorcerer. Um, and Time Cop. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was bad. It was bad, people. I'm telling you, it was bad. Yeah, there was not a lot of 18 no. in total. 
and we've already spoken about uh, Stargate, so let's uh, let's let Mark geek out here for a few minutes. Well, okay, Alan. Um, <laughs> first up or, that I've got is uh, Star Trek Generations. It's the uh, it's the first it's sort of the bridging between. Yeah, thank you. That's the old the, and the new Star it, Trek. It's the it's the one that has uh, Captain Kirk in it. And Captain Picard. And Captain Picard. Well, it's the Star Trek Next Generation crew, and it's their very first Star Trek movie. And it has Captain Kirk in it as well. And it is, yeah, like you said, it's the bridging of the old and the new. Um, there is this bad guy. <laughs> and, is that Malcolm McDowell? Yes, it is. Okay. And he's doing bad things, which is trying to get back to this... Uh, Great big ribbon of space time, which is being ripped ripped apart, uh, which is like floating across space. And he wants to get back in there because I guess, well, his life is shit. <laughs> okay. Yes, and uh, Kirk dies in this movie. It was like, ah, oh, sad. But I, I went. Spoiled the end for everybody. Yeah. Whoops. Sorry. That I'm spoiling a 14-year-old movie for you. Um, I saw this in the theater in Edmonton at the best theater in town. Unfortunately, the best theater in town had not replaced their seats in about 20 years. Mm. I knew that Kirk was going to be dying in this movie. By a half an hour in, I wanted everybody to die just so I could go home. So you didn't enjoy the movie? I... In subsequent viewings of it, I, I enjoyed it. It was just like a long episode of the Next Generation TV show, which ended that or which ended in '94 as well. But uh, eh, it didn't it didn't wow me like Stargate did. This one was just okay. Okay. But unfortunately, it was the only science fiction movie of this year that I thought was of note besides Stargate. Well, I thought that The Puppet Masters was of note. This was a movie starring Eric Thal, uh, Julie Warner, and Donald oh, Sutherland yeah. about uh, alien invasion of, much like a Body Snatchers type of film. Um, it was almost equal parts science fiction and action. And... Um, I thought it was exceptionally well done. I really enjoyed it. I haven't really got much more to say about it, but um, it, it, it was cool. Well, it was based on the, the novel by Robert Heinlein, a great sci-fi writer. But uh, again, yeah, I, I remember bits and pieces of this, and it didn't really say, wow, this is fantastic. The, ah. book, the book was better. No, I, I really enjoyed the movie. I would say I probably liked this even better than I did Stargate, so... Blasphemy. Yeah, huh? It's time to talk about the action films of 1994. Uh, we'll be talking about a few in more detail, but uh, also released this year was uh, Blown Away with uh, Jeff Bridges. Um, class of 1999 2, The Substitute. <laughs> Darkman 2, The Return of Durant. Death Wish 5. Drop Zone. The Getaway, Gunmen, uh, we mentioned Highlander 3 already, Love and a 45, A Low Down Dirty Shame, 
the next Karate Kid. <laughs> no Escape. On Deadly Ground. On Deadly Ground. Uh, Red Scorpion 2. Um, the Shadow, which was one you were kind of disappointed in, right? Yeah, I yeah, and I wish that it could have been a little bit more than it was. Yeah. Uh, Street Fighter. And uh, let's kick things off with uh, your first pick there, Mark. Alrighty, my first one up is The Crow. Uh, Alex Proyas' movie with Brandon Lee. Um, everybody knows, of course, that uh, Brandon Lee died while filming this. And uh, fortunately, he had done most of his scenes that he needed to shoot in like close-up uh, before this. And they used uh, digital animation to put him in the rest of the show. Uh, a great movie. Uh, with a fantastic soundtrack. A little synopsis here. Um, well, okay. Uh, a man and his wife uh, are killed. Uh, fiance. That's what I said. Pre-wife. Uh, that's it. Uh, are are killed on Devil's Night, the night before Halloween. And a year later, he comes back to right the wrongs and to like, uh, avenge the injustices. And... Uh, Nice dark action. So yeah, it's... I just actually I just watched this movie again this week in uh, anticipation of the <clears> show. <throat> um, I, it's different than I remembered it. You know, like um, I remember it being very dark and brooding, which which it is. Um, I honestly I thought that for some reason in my mind I had remembered that Brandon Lee's character was almost virtually silent, but he's actually quite chatty <laughs> which is not a bad thing it was just i i just didn't recall him having that much dialogue maybe it was in the later crow movies where i was mark uh, decasas i think oh every crow movies had a different crow oh. the second one was uh vincent perez um oh that's right yeah i think yeah, it was Furlong mark long was one it was mark uh, decasas or decas whatever he is he's he's the new chairman of uh iron shop america um uh, yeah, he he was in the TV series. Okay, um, but it's 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 very cool. It's very very gothic. Um, as you said, the soundtrack is amazing. I mean, you've got Nine Inch Nails, you've got um, Jane Sibbery, you've got The Cure, you've got uh, My Life with a Thrill Kill Cult. Um, it's just one great song after another. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah. Amazing, amazing, amazing soundtrack. It, uh, actually, the soundtrack made me stay to the end of the credits. Yeah, just so I could like listen to that that awesome Jane Jane Sibbery song. Oh yeah, but you've always you've got such a big heart on for the granola chewing lesbians. So. I do. Yeah, <laughs> and well, I yeah I I just enjoyed it yeah. a lot. Wish I could have saw it more. Saw it more? Yeah, like. Had opened your second eye or what? Yeah, okay. or just like it was longer or something. I just, I, I did not get a chance to rewatch it before this, so I, I could have seen it again. Yeah. Too many uh, other movies to watch. There you go. Uh, next is The River Wild with uh, Meryl Streep playing a former uh, whitewater rafting guide who takes her family on vacation uh, to to do the rapids and while out on the water she comes across uh, a couple of guys 
who seem like they're a little bit helpless and and uh, in need of a little aid uh, turn out to be bad guys and, and hold the family pretty much hostage. Uh, this co-stars Kevin Bacon and John C. Riley, Benjamin Bratt, David Strathairn, and is directed by Curtis Hansen, who had previously done uh, The Stepfather and would go on to do L.A. Confidential, uh, Eight Mile in Her Shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a great movie, like and very unexpected for Meryl Streep. Yeah, I remember my, my roommate at the time, I went to go see it, I, I had no plan on seeing it at all because it was Meryl Streep and it's like, oh, what's it going to be another period piece where she's throwing an accent on? It's like, meh, I'll pass. Yeah. But then he went to go see it and then he said, you've got to go see it. So we yeah. we went again to see it. And yes. It's a great it's thriller. It's a good little movie. Yeah. yeah. And thriller yeah. is quite a good, good, good description for it. Next up is Pulp Fiction. Uh, I know we've already talked a little bit about it. Well, Alan's pretty much listed off the entire cast of it. Um, another Quentin, Quentin Tarantino movie. It's uh, a, a series of vignettes, kind of all put together in one movie, but having a linked storyline. and uh, But told in a non-linear time frame. Yeah. Yeah, the... Uh, oh... I'm totally blanking on his names. Uh, on his names, um, the guy with 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 the watch, Christopher Walken. Thank you, Christopher Walken, and that whole watch scene where he's describing it to uh, uh, Bruce Willis's character uh, Butch uh, as a child. Um, totally stole the movie. Yeah. It was awesome. Uh, yeah, follows really Butch. And his trying trying to escape and to get or to pay off uh Ving Rhames character, um Marcellus Wallace. And uh he accidentally kills another boxer in the ring and he's going on the run. And just the the trials and tribulations that happened because of that. That's only one story. I mean you got the whole Vince Vega story and the the date with Mia Wallace and, you know, the, oh, yeah. um, the Bonnie incident and it, it, there's pumpkin and, uh, yeah. Honey bunny, honey bunny. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's weird that we're talking about Pulp Fiction in the action genre because it almost seems better than that because it is so well written and so well acted. And, and, and the editing was beautiful. It, it is, you know, it, it is really, really well done. It is an exceptional film. Um, I think when you talk about this, when okay, like okay, Forrest Gump, which was you know the the number one movie and it won the Academy Award, yada yada yada. Here it is, fourteen years later, and I think that um, Forrest Gump burnt hot, like it got all of its shit out of its system back then. Whereas Pulp Fiction has so much more longevity and it is so much more rewatchable and. You know, it has become so ingrained in the pop culture. It, um, it, it just—it's an amazing film. Yeah, uh, Tarantino was completely on top of his game on this one here, and yeah, all the actors in it, yeah. and uh, he pulled John Travolta out of obscurity yeah. because of this movie because of Blowout. Yeah, Blowout. Uh, yeah, that's uh, Quentin Tarantino had watched uh, Blowout oh. with uh, Travolta in it. And really liked him, and wanted wanted to put him into a part somewhere. 
And that's where he wrote the Vince Vega character for him. Cool. Yep. And I believe you are the next one. Uh, that would be Natural Born Killers. Now, what do Natural Born Killers and Pulp Fiction have in common, Mark? Um, they're both awesome. Uh, they're both written by Quentin Tarantino. Ah, you're right. Yes. Uh, Natural Born Killers stars Woody Harrelson, Juliette Lewis, uh, Tommy Lee Jones, Robert Downey Jr., um, Rodney Dangerfield, Edie McClurg, Tom Sizemore, Tom Sizemore, Taylor Carrera. It's there's there's it's an enormous cast. It, this is an Oliver Stone film. This is pretty much his indictment on did Americana. You say Robert Jr. Yes, I did. Okay, I did. On Americana and uh, pulp culture as it was at that time. Um, he's taking pot shots at, at you know the audience more or less. I mean, mm. you know, this was a time when we had um, the likes of O.J. Simpson and Tanya Harding, which were mentioned at the beginning of the show, mm. um, as well as, you know, the Joey Botafucos and um, everybody else, anybody anybody who could be the absolute scourge of the freaking planet became front page news and were on TV 24-7. media darlings. Exactly. And that's what Mickey and Mallory became. They became these serial killers who were exactly that media darlings, you know, they be, they became, they became famous for all the wrong reasons. And it, it is very much stone, you know, holding the, the audience accountable for, for, for the movie or for, for, for society as it is. Mm -hmm. it, it It's a great movie. It is um, stylistically all over the place, which is, makes it all the better. Um, the, the whole mm -hmm. the whole Rodney Dangerfield scene played as a as a sitcom, and <laughs> oh yeah, you know there, there's little moments in the film where the same line will be repeated, but in a different film stock mm -hmm. with a different tone and and stuff like that. It's very um, as though you were high watching it, kind of thing. And perhaps if you were, it would make it even a little bit more interesting or more trippy or whatever. Um, I I really I really got sort of a uh, Tony Scott vibe off of the directing style with this one. The thing, you're definitely right with that, but the Tony Scott thing came after. Yeah, you know, Tony Scott really kind of adopted this um, kind of mixed media type of uh, filmmaking after Natural Born Killers. You, you sort of saw that for the first time with what would be the first Tony Scott film that really kind of brought that on. Um, Man on Fire? Hmm. Hard to say. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just, just thinking about it now, I was thinking Tony Scott yeah. does, does that kind of yeah. uh, quick, fast editing. Yeah. Kinda, but, yeah, uh, Woody Harrelson, again, great yeah. in this role. And uh, normally I'm not a huge fan of Juliette Lewis, but uh, I what? I know, I know, I know. But I liked her in this as Mallory. I like my bitches crazy, and she's as crazy as they come. <laughs> awesome. Next up, we have The Professional, or Léon, the French movie by Luc Besson. Uh, sorry, the, the god who is a movie maker, Luc Besson. Now, this one here, I consider to be far and away a better movie than almost any of the other top 20 movies. Uh, follows uh, Jean Reno as Léon, 
who is uh, a cleaner. He cleans up messes for this uh, mob boss played by Danny Aiello. And um, uh, he gets involved with uh, his next door neighbor, uh, a young girl named uh, Matilda, played by Natalie Portman in her first role. I believe so. Yeah. Um, after her, her her whole family is killed by a corrupt DEA agent played by Gary Oldman. Uh, the acting all around in this is amazing. Mm. Uh, Matilda's uh, crush on, on uh, Leon and how he handles it because he's kind of uh, uh, like a man-child kind of thing, but he doesn't... He doesn't act on it, it, and you you don't get that kind of creepy vibe from him while watching this movie, even though you know it's a, it's kind of a love story between. Well, it's it's a father daughter kind of love for him, but it's she's in love with him. I think I I mean like, it's, it's one of those things like, you know, um, Leon's almost a almost Asperger's. In 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 yeah. you know his in his in, and in OCD how he is yeah and very OCD actually and Matilda almost comes off as though she has been sexually abused um, well, because that's how she she's a lot more grown up than her age yeah but the fact that you know she felt that she had to be sexual with Leon it sort of indicates the fact that that's sort of how she relates to adult men. Um, whether I mean you, it's a, it's a lot of reading into the movie kind of thing, but mm-hmm. um, but that I think that is the nature of the relationship. I, I think that he it, a sexual relationship between the two of them was absolutely not in consideration. No, or Leon. Um, and I and a lot of people watched this movie and thought that there was something a little pedophilic happening there, and I think that they were. I think if that's what you're getting out of that, you, you're the one with the dirty mind, not yeah, the movie. Yeah, because this movie is so much deeper and richer than that, well, like, like a lot of Besson's movies. I think, well, I think the cool thing about Luke Besson is that, I mean, it just, it's an American film. You know, it, 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 it's full of American actors. It's done in English. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's filmed in New York and everything else. Um, but it's still got that kind of European sensibility. I mean, it's a hardcore action film. There's some really intense action shots in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that's kind of enveloped in this really um, profound relationship story, which is very European, that, you know, that very character-driven mm-hmm. um, type of story. It is it is a great great movie. I I I I agree with you completely. Like where where would you put it on, on the top twenty if you if you had a choice? Well, the top twenty is done by box office, so I mean it, it uh. is what it is. Um, is it going to pop up in our in our top five at the end? For me, no, it, uh. it's actually not. Oh, but yeah. we'll have to wait and see what my top five holds. Oh, there we go. <laughs> there we go. And I believe you had one more film for us to talk about. I do. Uh, it's it's not as well known. Uh, surviving the game. Now, I believe that is a Rutger Hauer. Don't tell me. Um, Ice Tea. Yep. Movie. Yes. Okay. Um, see, I'm I'm a huge fan of Rutger Hauer. I'd watch this about anything that he's in. You lie. You're a huge Ice Tea fan, and you're all about. Are we there yet? Uh, that's Ice Cube. Oh, that's there. <laughs> 
That's how big a fan I am. Ooh, look at that. Anyhow, uh, Ice T, Rutger Hauer, Charles S. Dutton, Gary Busey, F. Murray Abraham, John C. McGinley. Now, this is a man as the game hunting kind of movie, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, Ice T is this uh, veteran who is like picked up and. Uh, uh, veterinarian? Yes. He's a veterinarian. Okay. He's a, a war vet. Yes, he fixed war animals. Yes, I know. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he gets brought to, uh, I think it's like Alaska or something like that. And uh, there's like a hunting trip where all these like uh, rich assholes come to hunt the ultimate game, which is man. And uh, I thought in the Lost World it was like uh, the T-Rex. Yeah, yeah. We're not talking the Lost World. Oh, okay. Um. But yeah, he turns the tables on them and yeah, fucks them up. It is a, it's a good little action movie. Uh, again, yeah, probably didn't get seen enough by, by enough people. But yeah, Rutger Hauer's uh, acting pretty good in this. Like normal, he needs a really strong director to direct him exactly how he needs to be, or else yeah, he just does Rutger Hauer. Mm-hmm. Um, Ice T. Uh, this was one of the first. I think this well, this is one of the first things I ever saw him in, and uh, yeah, I I was I was impressed with his acting abilities. Didn't see New Jack City. Hmm. Yes, I did. I did see this. This, this was probably the second thing I saw him in. There you in. go. But yeah, uh, I I still liked it. I never got around to seeing it. I remember when it came out on video. I was working at the video store. It was popular on video, but um, yeah, it just did, didn't appeal to me. Well, that's too bad. Because uh, everybody is doing it in the nude. You lie. <laughs> You're trying to trick me now. <laughs> Alrighty, and that wraps things up. It's 12 past midnight. Don't close your eyes. Your soul's up alive. And I'll be by your side. I've come to take you there. Show you how to care Just be aware That you'll have to share I want you love Alright, so that is uh, the first part of 1994 Wow we'll be back uh, next week with, uh, with, with some more of, of the same year Part 2, as it were Yes <laughs> Imagine how that goes We'll, we'll start talking about um, some critics' choices And the Oscars And... and all kinds of good stuff. Yeah, like like our top our, our our picks for that's right. Stay tuned for our picks for the best films of 1994. It could change your life. Yeah, forget the critics. <laughs> so till then, take care. Alrighty, bye bye. Bye bye.
never have to run away. You'll always have a friend to play. You'll never go out on your own. In me, you will find a home. Oh, from the back to the middle. And 